listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, Colorado Springs, Chris Lopez here, and we have another deal analysis to run you through. And of course, I have my co-host, Jenny. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing really good. I always uh, love doing these because it's always fun to talk with talk with a client when we can, but also talk about the deal. And fortunately, today we're able to have the client and investor on the podcast with us. So, who do we have, Jenny? Yeah, so we have Garrett Dilly with us today, and he is an investor in Colorado Springs, and he owns a handful of rental properties. Garrett, welcome. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So before we give a little bit about your background, Garrett, I, I made a mistake here. I didn't give a, a one or two sentence teaser about the rental property. So I'm going to let you do that, Garrett. Um, sure. And then we'll get about your background. So give us one or two sentences about your rental property, kind of set the stage for what you bought down here. Okay. This one is a, uh, it's a three bedroom, one bathroom, single family home, and it's in central Colorado Springs. All right. Perfect. So Garrett, tell everyone just some quick background about, you know, um, you know, who you are and what your goals are, like what your investing strategy is. Sure. So I guess uh, in terms of real estate, I'm a newer investor um, by far. Uh, I have been one of these people that is very interested in, in savings and uh, sort of living below the means to, uh, to, to try to do as much on savings as possible. And then always looking for ways to invest that money. So I've looked at a number of er different areas, but real estate is one of the things that continues to come up and has continued to come up for me. So if I think about when I actually really dipped my toe in that, um, it was actually a number of years back, I was a silent investor on a uh, flip in Denver. Um, Unfortunately, the organization that I, I knew one of the uh, people, and unfortunately, they decided afterwards. So it worked out very well. It was a great uh, opportunity, and I was essentially a lender, um, silent partner. Right after that, their strategy was morphing. The market was changing, and they decided to that company uh, split. Essentially, the partners went their own way and started their own separate things. So there didn't continue to be an opportunity. But looking forward, um, my next sort of step in was really to start to get into long-term rentals, uh, buy and hold rentals. And I wanted to do that, but I was very conscious of the fact that uh, time was uh, an issue for me at the time. And so um, I did the, the typical thing that people uh, will do for this. And I, as we had been moving to a new home, I kept the first home and turn that into a rental. So I did that a few years ago, uh, and that, that property I, I still hold in, uh, in Denver. Now, I really, I would say, really in, in earnest, got into real estate and really started educating myself about the latter part of the summer last okay. year. That was when I... Um, actually, it was interesting because I happened to be trying to learn as much as I could. I was listening to your podcasts. I happened upon a podcast of Jenny on Bigger Pockets um, oh, yeah. a few years back. 
Um, and I literally, that was, you know, less than nine months ago, probably that I listened to that. Um, and you know, that got me really thinking. And so I, I started to really put things together on terms of what, what does this, what do I need to do to take the next steps? I was able to situate a few other things in terms of where I was spending time and really put that time into there in terms of what I'm, you know, focused on is really building up a portfolio of, um, of rentals. Um, and the Colorado Springs market made a lot of sense for me. We had just moved south. Um, that made a lot of sense for me. Um, but it also obviously, you know, is a very interesting market with, I think, uh, a lot of potential behind it. So um, that brought us to uh, today. And actually, uh, in the last, you know, from that time, I think I probably spent a couple months really trying to educate myself and then got invested at you know, toward the end of the year. And since that time, I've added uh, two properties, one of which we'll talk about today. All right. Well, coming into, you know, this property, um, you know, we know it's a 3-1 rental. I'm going to put in here as an investment property. So let's talk about the, the hunt as you look for this property. Like, what was your high-level parameters as you started hunting for this property that you now own? Yeah. So I was looking pretty broadly at single family, small multi, and condos, uh, townhomes, with a bent towards single family. Um, I also was looking in these neighborhoods that were priced a little bit below other things that seemed to be showing a significant uptick um, in, in um you know, sales and sales numbers, et cetera. So those were some of the criteria that I used to kind of identify areas. Obviously, I spoke with Jenny quite a bit because early on, I didn't yep. know. Um, I was really trying to get, and and being new to the area, I was trying to get my, um, my arms around more specifically the pockets. Um, and so that, that led us and led me to, to, identifying a handful of neighborhoods, I would say. Uh, and through the prior uh, purchase, I learned quite a bit more and through the conversations uh, with Jenny. Um, so that's, that's really what, uh, what it came down to, was identifying good neighborhoods that I, I felt were, uh, had that upward potential, um, and then also specifically focusing on the, uh, the single family. Okay, and so this property, what was it listed for? And what did you end up going under contract at? Yeah, so it was listed for two fifty, and we landed up going under contract for two sixty three. Okay, so put that in the purchase price. And Jenny, talk, let's talk about the offer because I know this was a uh, you know a little bit more unique in the way you guys were able to structure the offer in terms of using cash and financing. So, what was the offer like? Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, Garrett, but I. I think we offered 257, I believe. Originally, yep. Yeah. So then um, I was just in quite a bit of communication with the listing agent saying, look, this meets my client's needs. We're giving you a cash offer. What what do we need to do to win this offer? And she said, 263 and it's yours. Um, so that's pretty much <laughs> pretty much how that transpired. But um, what Garrett was able to do, he was able to utilize um, cash to purchase the property. And then he did what's called a delayed financing on 
the back end of it. So shortly after he closed on it, he was able to go through a lender and pull out a a majority of the cash that he outlaid. And it's as if he were to originally finance it, but in reality, he did, he did it this way instead. So he was able to basically craft his offer offer in a way that it was more competitive. It was more appealing to the seller, but then on the back end, he is able to utilize leverage. So it was kind of the best for everyone in, in that situation. And typically when it comes to uh, delayed financing, I think it's like 25% down payments required. Um, so should we put 25% down payment here for the down payment? It actually, in this case, turns out to be 23. Uh, and that is, the, that is the unique point here. Um, it was 25%, but it was of the appraised value. So the property actually appraised above what we got it for. So it appraised for 270 and the loan value was therefore set at uh, 2002500 $2, which meant that relative to what we were paying for it, it was only 23% that was being brought to the table. So, I mean, th- this is great. So, hey, you're a musician where you could, you could use cash. Obviously, you want to deploy it and hold rentals for you know, long-term in cash. Yeah. And a great use of, of, of cash that way. But hey, use a cash offer to, to get the property, turn around, use delayed financing. And since the appraisal came in higher than the purchase price, it meant you had a, a lower percent down payment in there. So that is great. So you snuck out with a few extra dollars in your pocket. Um, acquisition cost here. I mean, what do they you were about, acquisition cost? Yeah, 6950 6955 I think was the number. All all in with yeah, all in. With the loan cost though, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm just gonna put that in because this spreadsheet has uh, the loan cost for Joe in here. So about sixty nine hundred altogether for closing costs, but sixty thousand dollars down. Uh, and then for seller credits. There were no seller credits. Go to uh, sorry, um, when it comes to seller crowds, a lot of times this is what happens during the inspection process. So, hey, you go under contract, you went there with cash. Um, did you do an inspection since it was a cash offer or did you waive it? No, absolutely did an inspection. <laughs> Didn't think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Jenny, anything pop up on the inspection? Um, no. So, there's a couple areas that warranted further research, I would say. Um, there was some lag bolts with the carport that were a little questionable. Some of the siding looked potentially as if it had some rot. And then there were some just hairline cracks in the foundation. Um, But Garrett was able to get professionals over there during our inspection period still. And they were able to basically say everything was fine as is. So uh, we were able to just kind of move, move past that. All right. So I mean that's that's great. And for initial repair cost, what what did you need to do for initial repair cost? So in this case, I did put a washer and dryer in. The total all in for initial repair cost was uh, twenty four eighty nine, but that was because I did I did take the time at the at the time when we uh, took it over to put the washer and dryer in. So a new washer and dryer. Um, but also uh, replaced uh, one set of doors 
um, and some blinds, just these kind of things that would probably work as, as they were, but would probably be, um, you know, regular, uh, maintenance issues in the future. So we went ahead and took the opportunity to, to clean them up. And, and there was also some paint touch up wrapped into there, a couple of fixes on the fence in the backyard, little stuff primarily, but. So, I mean, $2,500 for a washer dryer and some of the rent ready stuff, that is a very, very yeah. low amount. So this it's property sounds like it was in great shape. It is. Yeah. Um, and then, so you're all in for just under $70,000. Now, what did you get in terms of your interest rate in your mortgage? That was uh three and a half percent. All right. Um, and monthly rental incomes, I know this came up, I think, higher than you originally <laughs> had planned, right? Yes. Yeah. So when I had was when I started underwriting this, um, I was thinking, and certainly I was in conversation with Jenny as well. And uh I was thinking more around that 14 to 14.50 range uh was was more likely. Yep. And then what did I come in at though? We were able to get uh, 1500 and, and looking back now, I should have uh, tried for more, but uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. I think that was, that was actually good. I think that tends to be the trend that I'm, I've been wrong on the last several uh, properties that my clients have purchased in the best way possible. So, you know, we go in with kind of a conservative estimate and then we kind of test the market a little bit um, yeah. afterwards. and it seems to be working out. But that's always the best way to do is always be conservative and you want to be mm -hmm. pleasantly surprised versus the other type of surprise. Yeah. So for vacancy, you'd like to run down 3% in the Springs, right, Jody? I do. All right. Uh, rent increase appreciation, just keep those at 3%. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. And then... Property management. So are you self-managing or do you have a property manager? No, in this case, I am using property management. Okay. And what's the approximate like monthly fee you have ballparked in there? It actually is 10%. Okay. okay. So that's what I use. Yeah. And what do you run for monthly re reserves? And I actually did set that at 8%. Yeah. 8% too? And I'm assuming no HOA? Nope. Okay. What about your taxes? Taxes were 810. Oh, there we go. Insurance? And insurance was, I think, 916. Okay. Water, sewer, and utilities? Is that, are you paying that or are you tenant? Those paid? are all tenant paid. Okay. So I'm going to delete all of this stuff out of here. All right. So going over the cash flow tab. We got all the numbers inputted here. Purchase price of 263. Uh, you used delayed financing. It reappraised at 270. For all in between down payment, rent ready costs, closing costs, you're at just under $70,000 all in. Gives you a estimated rental income of about 18,000 bucks for the year. Subtract that vacancy and all the operating expenses. You're at a net operating income of $12,500. Subtract out your mortgage payments. And you're cash flowing about sixteen hundred bucks a year, so just over hundred dollars a month. What is your reaction to this number, Garrett? 
I was pretty happy with that. Th- these That was really the kind of thing I was looking for. And obviously there were some puts and takes in this one. Uh, you know, price was a little higher, but uh, so was uh, so was the rent. And uh, but but overall, I was I was I pretty happy with this. Jenny, what's your reaction to say hundred dollars a month in cash flow? I mean, I think that's pretty good around here, um, especially this year in which this is the year that Garrett purchased this property to have hundred dollars a month in cash flow. Um, that's a pretty good pretty good return. So looking further down, it's a 2.3% cash on cash return, a 4.7 cap rate. I mean, so this is, you know, these are good numbers in the in the current market, what we're seeing down there. Now, Gary, in terms like your long-term investing strategies, how does this piece play into your longer-term goal of, you know, building wealth and just, you know, being able to enjoy, enjoy life more? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, my idea is to to build a portfolio of these um and i like you know this is a good whatever you want to call it base hit uh double you know base hit you know it's it's not you know it's it's not a a grand slam but it's great it it actually meets it it brings me closer to being able to meet that objective of building that portfolio so for me it was a milestone as much as anything um, as was the last one, it was starting to take that, you know, those initial steps um, and learning. I mean, the learning has been immense. So it's been, it's been fantastic. And, and you know, Jenny has, has educated me a lot on, on many different areas. And I've been able to really, um, you know, start to, to, you know, hone in on, on certain things that uh, maybe I wasn't aware of before. In terms of what this does in that portfolio is... Um, you know, really, as as I see a portfolio effect occurring, I really feel like um, there's the advantage to be able to, you know, longer term start taking some of these, you know, the finance down, you know, packaging things up a little bit, etc. So uh, maybe you know, paying some off by you know, getting a snowball going on 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 these by some of the cash flow that's cumulative across the properties. To me, that's you know that that will really meet a lot of you know a, a good part of the objectives. So, um, Jenny, in terms of like this property in the current market, give it some context because I mean Garrett's not going to retire with his cash flow this year. Hundred dollars a month is nice, but it's not mm-hmm. life changing for anyone. Yeah. But in terms of context for the current market, and also just that longer term strategy, and you know Garrett's is a very common strategy. Hey, I want to go out there and start building wealth. I know real estate's a great asset class. I want to start you know, getting more real estate into my overall portfolio. Um, from your perspective, Jenny, how does this property work in those, you know, in that bigger picture of the market and also just longer-term wealth building? Yeah, I think that this property was a fantastic addition to Garrett's portfolio for sure. Um, you know, something that we didn't talk about is that. This proper property is probably worth about 280 now, and we're not even in May yet. So you know he he's making a lot of uh, he's earning a lot of benefits within this property. First off, it's a it's a beautiful home. He has it on a set it and forget it type of strategy right now. He has it being managed, and he's still cash flowing. He doesn't have to worry about anything. Um, you know he he doesn't have to drive up to the property and, and take care of things. He has it leveraged. 
Um, so he's able to take advantage of this extremely low interest rate and have his tenant pay off his principal payment um, on this. And then not to mention just kind of riding the wave um, that Colorado Springs is experiencing in terms of appreciation right now. Um, you know, we, we've had this conversation before. I don't know how long it's going to be this dramatic, but I think yeah. that it, it can consistently be decent, um, decent appreciation. But yeah, he's, um, you know, earned almost what, probably 17,000 in appreciation in four months of owning it. So that's a pretty good return if you ask me. Um, so he could turn around and leverage, leverage that later down the road. So he, he's just, you know, it's, it's a great, uh, property. It's, um, in an area that, uh, is experiencing a lot of growth. I personally have a property in this neighborhood as well. And I have a lot of confidence, um, in the future of this particular neighborhood and, um, kind of where that area is going. So I think it, I think it's a, a perfect piece to this puzzle for sure. And Garrett, in terms of just your, your personal strategy, I mean, you know, one of the benefits of the markets right now is just we do have a high appreciation rate, which does give you opportunities to tap in equity down the road. Yeah. I mean, do you know, are you going to be more of like a hold it and pay off guy, re-leverage it, sell it? Like, what, what, what do you forecast down the road with this property and just with the current marketing additions? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm, I'm keeping the table quite open, uh, to, be, to be honest, Chris. Yeah. But I think in terms of, you know, where some of the things that I would like to do is I'm a very passive uh, investor right now, as, as Jenny indicated, this is a, this is really one that I, you know, purposely have spent a lot of time thinking about how can I get this so that it'll be as hands off from me at this point in time in my life as possible. Um, with the view and the vision towards in the future that maybe not that limitation maybe not being as tight um, and and possibly uh, taking a slightly more um, you know active role in in uh, investing in in real estate meaning um, the potential to either uh, you know harvest what's what's in there uh, by by selling um, and 1031ing uh, up to something else beyond, um, or, uh, just, you know, to, to move in another direction while I keep these going and pay down. Um, so I, am keeping the options open. Um, but I think one of the things that's of interest to me in the future as well is, is really, um, learning, continuing to learn this area, but I like land development. I like the idea of it. I think Colorado Springs lends itself to it. Yeah. Um, well, um, I saw a lot happen in Denver over, uh, you know, 20 years and really learned a lot from watching that, you know, without my hand in it. And so I think, you know, there's, there's some lessons there that can be, uh, brought to bear with, within a market where we know that the population, there is a population, um, uh, moving there, you know, they, this is, um, it is, a, a will the appreciations continue the way they are? Probably not, but they um, there are some good uh, demographic metrics that seem to be suggestive of you know a future in Colorado Springs. So, hey, ride ride the wave of growth. Yeah. A lot of wealth can be built that way. Yeah. All right. So to wrap things up, Garrett, you know the, the podcast is a great way to network. So I always like to ask people, what is a great way for people to connect with you? And are there any types of investors or vendors or people that you want to network with as well? If you do. 
mention it on here because there's a good chance they, you know, they'll hear you and reach out as well. So first question, how can people connect with you? Yeah, I think the best way is uh, email. Um, I'm, I'm not huge on social media, um, LinkedIn a little bit, but, uh, you know, uh, mostly via email. Um, and in terms of, uh, yeah, I, I, I think getting started in earnest in this uh, through the pandemic, obviously that's more limited uh, my abilities to, to network. And, and while I've still been able to do so, um, certainly would like to network uh, with other investors. So um, please, you know, reach out. And, and I, I think I'll be doing the same to, uh, to others but that I've been listening to as well. So Great. And we'll put uh, your Gmail address in the show notes. People can just go there okay. and click it. Um, Garrett, this has been great. So thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing about your deal. I mean, this is always great for people to learn. So we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And just, you know, one, one final note, uh, great thank you to, to Jenny because she has been, uh, she's been super uh, through all of this. And uh, I sometimes worry that I'm a pain of a, of a customer because I, I uh, will on a moment's notice be heading one direction or another direction. But uh, quite frankly, it's been so fantastic and I've learned so much. And so just wanted to, uh, to mention that. Well, Garrett, I've really enjoyed working with you as well. Like I, I really like having our kind of philosophical investment discussions that will, you know, will go off on tangents. And, you know, I, I learned just as much from you as, uh, hopefully I'm able to, to give to you. So feeling is mutual. I've, I've enjoyed it. Awesome. Right. All right, everyone. Again, thanks for listening. If you have questions, reach out to us, reach out to Garrett. Uh, the spreadsheets are going to be in the show notes as well. If you need help finding a rental property, reach out to Jenny. Have a great day, everyone.